everyone my name is sanand and i am shruti and we are going to be your host for today for the fifth episode of our podcast series an initiative by alumni relations team today we dive into the world of operations and to guide us through the depth we have with us from the batch of 2011 mr chetan kotelkar chetan has worked in prestigious organizations like png and ola and from the past 2 years he is working as an assistant vice president business operations at swiggy hello chetan We've... welcome to the podcast hi shruti thanks a lot thanks for uh, having me here yeah welcome chetan a very warm welcome to you so to begin with you know uh, can you explain us the work culture at swiggy and with respect to your job as as a vice president of operations could you please enlighten us a bit on this Sure, sure. Okay, at the outset, uh, let me just wish you guys a very uh, happy Diwali, belated one, although it is. <laughs> But I have. Thank you so much. Yeah. Wishing you the same. Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks. Uh, okay, so uh, uh, about uh, work culture at Swiggy, and uh, also you wanted to understand uh, from a job profile standpoint, what do I do, right? So I think uh, from a work pul- culture standpoint, uh, uh, Swiggy, I would say, is uh, very vibrant. uh it's very fast paced in terms of uh, there are multiple things that are going on parallelly uh and changes are happening very quickly and there's a lot of uh, bias for action in terms of whatever we do uh it's very open uh in terms of uh who wants to or talk uh, learn understand can in fact go and uh, meet uh, i mean the top leadership at any point of time it's it's like uh, open door policy literally uh, uh, being lived uh, by everyone so i think that is one of the unique aspects i think uh, across uh, the companies that i've worked for and uh, it's it's a very very happy change so i think the culture uh, i would summarize in a sense is uh, quite vibrant uh, agile and open to changes so i think that's how i would put it uh in terms of uh, uh what do i do is uh, basically i head uh, private brands operations uh, for swiggy uh swiggy private brands uh, basically is uh, cloud kitchen operations so we have uh, multiple uh, scale brands uh, bowl company homri breakfast express uh, there's freshery and uh, we have uh, other brands uh, which are uh, in the pipeline uh, which is uh, whether it's a bengali ranagor telugu antelu uh, There is Combo Corner, Daily Canteen. There are multiple brands uh, which are in the pipeline. They've been scaled to some kitchens and some areas, uh, but not at uh, scaled uh, Pan India. Uh, what I am responsible for is uh, the entire PNL for these uh, private brands, uh, which are roughly an annual revenue of say one fifty to two hundred crores. Uh, I am responsible for both top line as well as bottom line. Uh, basically, looking after driving costs in cost reduction initiatives. Uh, uh whether it is cost of goods sold uh, labor cost uh, fuel electricity and other operating expenses and uh, at the same time looking at growth initiatives uh, to look at uh, the top line how do we increase the number of orders per day and uh, yeah so overall uh, uh, goals from an ebitda standpoint uh, for the uh, private brands portfolio that's what i manage Wow, that's that's really really wonderful. You know, a lot of insights onto how Swiggy is adapting in the fast-paced world and all your roles and responsibility. That's truly wonderful, sir. Uh, moving on. Thank you. So, yeah. So moving on, as you know, sir, that usually uh, you know majority of MBA students are very enthusiastic to pursue marketing or finance. You know, rather rather than pursuing a role in operations. 
So can you elaborate to our listeners what excites you? Typically, people look at marketing or finance uh, uh, roles rather than picking up operations uh, uh, when uh, choosing an MBA stream. So, uh, uh, I mean, what made me choose operations is what you uh, asked. Okay. So, I think, uh, so, so I understand that. I think uh, I also faced that uh, when I joined uh, there was, I mean, of course, there's a lot of discussion that happens on which stream uh, you need to take up. And I also had in my mind whether I should take marketing or operations and what should I do. Uh, mm-hmm. So before uh, uh, coming to SCMHRD, uh, I had uh, about three years of experience in operations. And uh, that also helped me uh, to pick up uh, the stream that I was looking for. And okay. uh, gave me more confidence. And I think, <laughs> and I think uh, also, also, just when you join, you have the summer placements and everything going on, right? So uh, there is a lot of pressure on choosing the right stream and uh, looking at uh, what you're going to do in future. But yeah, so I think that's what helped me in uh, having confidence in cho- choosing that stream. Now, what excites me in terms of operations, I think is, I think there's a lot of uh, opportunity in terms of innovating. And uh, sometimes it is real time and sometimes in a planned way. For example, I have had, uh, I think, enough and more opportunities uh, in terms of whether it's PNG or uh, Ola or Swiggy now. Uh, like right. I, I had the opportunity to actually install a 120 crores line uh, from Japan to India just uh, within two years of joining PNG. And at the same time, I also have made multiple innovations, even uh, to the extent of saving only one rupee per order kind of thing, in, I think, in uh, Swiggy. So you look at you get to look at both small as well as big changes. And uh, you do see it happening real time in the entire supply chain end to end. I think that is yes. one of the uh, best things uh, that you uh, get to do. And uh, I would say the other thing is, uh, it, it, like I, I mean, like I was trying to say, it, it's, it has the unique uh, advantage of actually working with almost all the functions uh, and actually influencing or working with multiple teams uh, to coordinate the results. I mean, and the results also are, uh, I mean, uh, ranging from whether it is productivity, quality, cost, delivery, safety, uh, morale of the team. You get to manage a large team uh, nice. uh, mostly and you develop your people management skills. So I think these are all aspects which which I like and uh, I think uh, that excites me a lot. And uh, from the past, uh, I think, nine, ten years, I have been in that field uh, largely uh, going across different functions within operations, but uh, the core being uh, in supply chain itself. So that's how it's been uh, for me. That's nice. Okay. So uh, you spoke about uh, what excites you. So can you now tell us that what is the most challenging part about handling the entire operation in uh, Swiggy in respect to food and beverage sector? Sure. I think uh, every industry has its own uh, challenges. So in terms of FNB or uh, in terms of uh, food delivery per se, I think the the biggest challenge is uh, how do you manage the entire inventory management and forecasting piece uh, from an ops standpoint? Because uh, it it becomes extremely complex due to the shorter supply chain expiry timings. Uh, For for instance, FNV or or your fruits and vegetables have an expiry of a day or two. And at the same time, you have uh, protein, you have uh, you have multiple different uh, staple products which have a slightly higher expiry time. But to manage that uh, from a from an incoming raw material standpoint, and also uh, uh, 
at the same time when you look at the customer side of it there is huge variation in terms of the orders that you'll get you'll never have uh, a forecasting accuracy which is so good that uh, there is no wastage so you have to look at minimizing wastage and at the same time you don't want out of supply so you don't want right, certain right. dishes not to be available and hence lose business and uh, so you have to manage that entire thing and balance it properly so that you have least wastage as at the same time you have uh, least out of stock because both are actually going to hit your uh, pnl from an ebitda standpoint so you have lesser sales and it impacts all the percentages uh, in all the components within a pnl and at the same time if you have higher wastage it will impact directly as a percentage of uh, net sales uh, to your uh, uh, pnl from an ebitda point of view right so i think both are very critical and i think that is where uh, uh it's it's very very challenging because uh, uh you have to minimize it but at the same time you have to maximize sales so it's it's for both ends and ends uh, to tread that line i think is very difficult and uh and that is where i think uh, uh, uh within swiggy for instance uh, we are developing a lot of tech systems to aid in uh, doing that because forecasting accuracy is something which is very very critical and with the with, with right. the bank of data that you have uh, day in and day out you have uh, so many orders uh, area wise uh, location wise customer wise every uh, every cohort uh, of data is available so uh, it's okay. important not to get get lost into that data and choose which ones are important from a trend standpoint and then uh, figure out uh, an accuracy in forecasting which helps in reducing wastage and at the same time not to lose sales so i think that's the most challenging part uh, in in food delivery per se uh, of course uh, other industries like whether it's fmcg or it's uh, travel industry or engineering industry that i've worked in there are other challenges uh, which are which is quite different i think what makes this more more challenging is the number of squs that you have uh, in terms of uh, dishes an average brand would have say about 70 to 80 squs at the least on the store front Right. and uh, to make those 70 to 80 sqs you would have thousands of sqs from a raw material standpoint and ingredient standpoint now to forecast right. both because you don't want to have wastage at raw material end and of course you don't want to have wastage after it, the food is already prepared and then you are throwing it out because then you have spent a lot of other cost items also so the number of sqs increases the uh, complexity even more i think that's what is uh, i would say is the challenge here nice okay understood uh, how do you see the competitive environment changing uh, post the covid world i mean do you see heavy discounting being deployed to attract customers because from a outsider hmm. perspective that's what we see uh, in the app sure. when we you know try to uh, order something so sure sure i think uh, uh, so so from a uh, covid standpoint i would say uh of course there are multiple challenges uh, that we do see and we have seen since march uh with respect to covid uh, in terms of both revenue as well as uh, multiple uh, uh, innovations and changes that we have had to do to uh, to get accustomed to the current situation uh right with the i mean with the restaurant industry uh, getting impacted big time there are a lot of players uh, who are now getting into food delivery as well in terms of cloud kitchens so today a lot of big players uh, earlier used to have only dine in facility now have got into a cloud kitchen model which basically they have a they have a standalone kitchen somewhere and they are uh, getting logged into either swiggy zomato and getting into food delivery business now right. what happens is with with them getting into this as of now uh their appetite for uh, burn 
is uh, higher because they are not getting any orders. And if you are getting some orders at a slightly higher discount also, it's fine for them because it pays off for uh, multiple aspects uh, from a cost uh, lens, right? There you are getting certain amount of revenue and as you are able to pay off uh, from a expenses standpoint. So as of now, of course, uh, to match that, the other players also will uh, will give slightly higher uh, discounting from a, from a revenue uh, uh, maximization standpoint but uh, right. but uh, but as such of course this is leading to in- to increase competition uh, currently in this area uh, in terms of cloud kitchens and overall food delivery as such but uh, i don't think heavy discounting will continue uh, to be a part of strategy to attract customers because uh, attracting customers uh, uh, see discounting is the i think the least cac uh, from an attracting customer standpoint that is cost of acquisition of customer is the least uh, when you increase discounts rather than actually if you have to uh, do uh, uh, either a BTL uh, kind of a campaign where where you are doing marketing campaigns and trying to attract customers. So it's it's the least cost uh, driving one. But with the type of customers that you get, uh, I think the lifetime value of those customers in terms of uh, revenue or earning is not very that high. So you typically tend to get customers who who are more interested in discounts, and whenever there's a discount, they will buy. Otherwise, they will not buy. So yeah. that yeah. tends to uh, dilute uh, the fundamentals of the business itself. So, so I don't think it it is going to continue per se. But uh, okay. uh, in fact, if you look at the volumes, also I think even Swiggy is almost back at the pre-COVID volumes already. So uh, in in Jan, Feb, whatever volumes we were doing, we are almost at that volume already. Uh, as of I think two weeks back, in fact. So okay. from a volume standpoint, it's already back. It's not a it's it's not something which uh, you have to do. Uh, the challenge is that the, a lot of customers have uh, moved out from the tier one cities and uh, have moved into tier two, tier three with work from home being there. And uh, a lot of our orders uh, with respect to specific uh, Swiggy on brands used to come from uh, tier one cities uh, and the type of customers who are your regular uh, customers. Uh, uh, the power users, but that has reduced because people have moved uh, and migrated to uh, the other cities, and hence uh, slightly higher discounting will stay, but uh, not for long. It, it, it is not going to continue. It's definitely going to go back. Is what I feel. Okay. Yeah, I used to always wonder about this. <laughs> Thanks for sharing this. Okay, so just one hmm. more thing. Uh, how much impact does a rating and reviews by customer has on, especially if hmm. you have to onboard hmm. new clients hmm. to the... It, it is a huge impact. It, it is a huge impact. So uh, any... any uh, uh, in fact, on the app, if you see uh, at different positions, uh, so, so when you open the app and uh, on the listing page, so whenever you open the app, the screen that you see, we call it as a yes. listing page. Right. On the listing right. page, uh, the position of the brands that you see is uh, largely determined and customized by a specific customer. So, for example, if you have ordered multiple times from a bowl company in the past and you have rated it well, uh, it will show up at a higher uh, position for you. Uh, than for me if I have not ordered uh, from Bull Company or uh, I have rated it bad. So the the visibility itself uh, changes according to the rating and your past uh, preferences from an ordering standpoint. So it is extremely critical. Uh, and if, if there are any brands which are rated below four, uh, 
the the marketing spend that you have to do to uh, uh, to uh, put your brand in that particular position on listing or uh, uh, in terms of offers that you have to give are far higher in terms of expenses versus another brand which is say at a 4.2 4.3 and uh, doesn't have to uh, spend so much of marketing expense as such okay. so it's it's both from the investment that you have to do uh, or visibility spend that you have to do in fact uh, on the on the brand uh, for visibility is much higher and secondly uh, by organically organically uh, the way your brand is going to show up on the app uh, in terms of visibility again uh, and of course resulting in uh, more clicks uh, if you are more visible uh, that is uh, also the probability is much lower if your rating is less uh, so it has a very very direct impact wonderful okay. wonderful so sir uh, as we continue you know so could you also talk about some transformative yeah. operations practices you know mm-hmm. that swiggy has introduced in the industry sure sure i think i'll i'll speak a little bit uh, on the cloud kitchen front uh, so there are multiple uh, things that swiggy has done but uh, whatever i have been a part of i'll just try to uh, cite a few of those sure sure so i think i think uh, it's 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 tough to imagine uh, an end of line automation kind of a thing uh, a, a, an automatic pick and place uh, uh, robo device in a kitchen so i think uh, that is that i think is is one of the most innovative things that we did in the last uh, year and a half or so so imagine your food is being made inside the kitchen as soon as you receive an order the the chef starts to prepare the food uh, on on a on a uh, on a stove and then uh, uh, makes the all the preparations and once the food is ready it puts into the bowl or into a tray and then it goes to the packing table where basically the person will put it into a pouch uh, put a bill uh, wrap uh, some kind of a coupon on it and then uh, give it to the delivery executive now with all the right. type of kitchens that we have uh, the velocity of orders is very very high so you can imagine uh, we have about say 120 140 orders an hour which is say two orders a minute kind of uh, velocity in terms of peak now what happens in those scenarios is basically uh, whenever the delivery executive comes to pick up the order there's a huge queue that builds up because uh, if if there's one person who has to pick and pick pick the delivery parcel and give to a specific delivery executive then uh, that that has to be identified he has to shout the order number the person has to come and then uh, the order is given and then he takes out so it takes a lot of time and uh, secondly there's a lot of waiting or queuing that happens uh, at the delivery uh, point now every minute of uh, delivery time in terms of food delivery is very very critical because one is it is cost right. because uh, every, every minute the delivery executive waits uh, at the kitchen to pick up the order there's uh, there's uh, expense that is going into it it's it's in the range of 1 to 2 rupees per minute kind of an expense so uh, you want to reduce the wait time and also in the order delivery cycle end to end itself of course it reduces the delivery time for the customer and uh, doesn't result in a bad order so right what we did is basically we automated the entire thing from food being put into the bowl to the time it gave, goes to the delivery executive when it gets handed over to delivery executive basically we put in conveyor systems from the point where the food is made and there is an entire conveyor flat conveyor system which uh, picks it uh, which which takes it to the packing table it packs it automatically picks the pouch and puts it into a rack uh, into a particular token area which is for that particular order and we put in a display system outside the kitchen where the person can see okay my order is in rack number this uh, rack number 2 or 3 right. and 
basically the delivery executive will go and pick that order from that particular token counter and just go off. So it's it's basically uh, touch free uh, pickup uh, concept, which which is very very. Uh, different in this industry you might see it in say uh, say an amazon or a flipkart kind of an environment where you see uh, uh, conveyor systems and uh, agvs and everything but in a restaurant industry to do it at at a very less cost and a very high roi think uh, that was a big innovation uh, which is being uh, definitely being reapplied as of now with multiple partners in cloud kitchens but uh, yeah so i think that was one uh, the second i would say is uh, is an is an entire hub and spoke model so uh, uh, so basically in terms of food uh, uh, food uh, industry you have either fresh cooking or you have uh, say a frozen or a chilled model where basically uh, say you either make it in the restaurant itself whenever the order comes you start yeah. preparing the pasta and you uh, fill it up in a bowl and then you give it or you have already okay. pre-prepared it and you have frozen it at a certain temperature and uh, when it comes you just microwave it and give it to the customer so uh what we started with uh, a couple of years back uh, is basically a entirely fresh food model where uh, whenever you receive the order uh, we just start preparing the food and then uh, and then uh, uh, basically deliver the order as soon as the food is prepared now uh, some of the players at that point of time uh, were in frozen model and some were in fresh and oh. some were uh, in chilled model so uh, uh, i think about 6 months back uh, we've implemented this hub and spoke model which is uh, basically it gets cooked at a parent kitchen and uh, and uh, sent to the uh, spokes uh, the restaurants or the uh, or the kitchens uh, which are closer to the customer and are very very low square feet so so a typical kitchen is about okay. say 2200 square feet kind of a kitchen imagine uh, a kind of a 3 bhk kind of 3 or 4 bhk kind of a flat so okay. that's the size of a typical kitchen now in the aben spoke model the kitchen size is about say 100 square feet which is uh, which, which is uh, say a bedroom out of that entire 4 bhk so that's how the entire real estate uh, space gets reduced and uh, you are basically cooking at one place and then uh, sending it to that particular spoke which is a very low square feet and hence it requires much lesser fuel electricity it requires much lesser expenses uh, from from a operating expenses standpoint and uh, it is also giving you further uh, uh, advantage in terms of lower delivery times because as soon as you are closer to the customer uh, of course the delivery times are much lower and hence uh, the chances of you getting orders is also much much uh, higher because your tat is lower okay. so i think uh, that's what we implemented it's giving us a lot of benefits in terms of labor costs in terms of uh, uh, quality of food itself uh, because now the standardization is far higher because you are now preparing everything at the hub and then sending it to the spoke so it's not a frozen model which which degrades the quality of food this is more of a chilled model and it's a Correct. mixed uh, com- combination of fresh and uh, frozen where we have put some uh, dishes which are made to order and some of them are made to stock which basically comes from the hub uh, and then uh, here it is done uh, alaminate finishing and then is given to the uh, uh, customer so it's a mixed uh, uh, model not as a hard hardcore frozen okay. so i think that that is helping us big time in terms of say rpnl cost if if uh, typically if the labor cost is in fact reduced by almost 40% uh, in terms of uh, net uh, sales uh, by doing this so i think that's a big innovation and of course uh, that is that again as of now i'm not sure if it is being reapplied but i'm sure it will be once the pnl is clear 
I think those two, I would say, are the biggest innovations uh, that I have been a part of. Uh, and of course, I think there have been multiple smaller ones, like whether when when COVID hit us. So, uh, in terms of uh, hygiene and safety uh, for food delivery, because our orders dipped, uh, I mean, very very big time uh, in March, uh, and then we had to adapt in terms of uh, hygiene and safety standards. Uh, giving, I think, in terms of hygiene and safety. uh we already were uh, following a lot of standards from a safety standpoint but to give the perception of safety to the customer is also very important so right a lot right. of in- innovations from that standpoint whether it is social distancing uh, inside the kitchens outside for delivery delivery executive temperatures being shown uh, temperature of chefs uh, or packers being shown uh, to the customer uh, giving a visual of the uh, kitchen itself uh, on the app on a real time basis how it looks like so i think there are a lot of innovations we did uh, from a covid standpoint uh, for, for 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 hygiene and safety uh, purpose which i think uh, surely uh, as an at an industry level uh, many other partners also did. great great really great innovations out there and we're hoping for more such initiatives from swiggies so moving on uh, so sir sir looking back at your career you know uh, if there was one thing one thing that mm. you would have done differently mm. you know mm. so what would it be and why okay so uh honestly i i don't think there's anything i would have done differently because all right i think i spent almost 6 uh, years in png uh but uh, uh the fact that i uh, i for a, i think every 2 years i uh, i was in a different function so i started with uh process engineering uh in a plant and then i moved to utility i did roles in qa maintenance i did roles in uh warehousing planning so i did across different functions that's what i think uh Uh, help me in in png uh, not to get probably not to get bored and move on but uh, uh and then i uh, when i took the step to move into a startup and uh, basically uh, uh, from an e-commerce uh, standpoint i think that was also uh, quite uh, i am happy about uh, got to learn a lot of uh, new things lot of different things and uh, also i think i think it's it's very very different to work in uh, say uh, a set industry like i did in whether it's in siemens or png to working in an ola or a swiggy i think it's 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 completely different of course the basics uh, that whatever you learn in in a set industry in terms of standardization in terms of process in terms of problem solving thought process uh, it remains the same but uh, but the but the factors that are important in terms of uh, a startup or or an e-commerce kind of a platform i think is is the the things are changing very very fast and and you have to innovate along with ensuring that whatever you have set as a standard process uh, quickly becomes as a norm and uh, this people don't start deviating from it so uh, so it helps to have that experience and then move into uh, a startup kind of environment and uh, that's what i felt and uh, otherwise i i don't see i mean i don't see anything that i would uh, change as such perfect perfect that's that's really i know that's perfect i know start in the perfect tempo so we really wish to you know you continue the same sure and uh, so before we conclude this wonderful session we would like to take one last question sure, sure. all right so uh, which would be an amalgamation of two questions actually Sure. So, uh, share with us how you have stayed connected with your batchmates, and if you can share any fond memories with us. Also, uh, what recommendation will you give us to our batch? Sure. So, uh, uh, I think uh, 
the first part in terms of uh, how i have stayed connected i think i think uh, it's it's easy to get connected uh, as of i mean nowadays in terms of whatsapp groups in terms of there are uh, specific mail group mailing groups uh, uh, we uh, i mean our study group and all <laughs> all that we had at that point of time okay. of course right, connected right. now also so uh, whether they are in different industries different uh, functions but uh, we are connected uh, on that front and and it helps to be in a metro because you, i mean you in bangalore you you find everybody uh, i mean a lot of people uh, in bangalore working in bangalore right. and uh, you i mean we connect on either on weekends or or once a couple of months kind of thing so that helps uh, and that's the way uh, we have connected uh, in terms of fond memories uh, i think uh, i think lots of fond memories of course uh, of the college and the time uh-huh. that uh, we spent there right uh, so uh, whether it, it it's i mean whether it's the uh, whether it's the katta that we had there where we used to sit on the circle uh, talk a lot of i think bullshit more but <laughs> but, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of uh, good memories there i can't uh, just summarize in a sentence or two but uh, yeah i think uh, it was fun and uh, a lot of learnings from there in, mostly in terms of uh, the the way uh, it was uh, of course the course structure is one part of it but also the people that you are you are studying with i think uh, made a lot of difference uh, in terms of uh, for your batch i think i think i think for the people who are passing out now uh, of course it will be a little bit tough uh, considering the current uh, right. scenario outside but uh, i mean it will change quickly is what i think it's it's not a i mean it's not a, a long term thing uh it will quickly change and i am seeing a lot of changes whether it's in the uh whether it's in the job market or whether inside the company also there are a lot of positions uh, that are there that are being hired for and uh, also in in overall sense i think from a volume uh, and uh, overall perspective standpoint it's it's very very positive so should not be uh, should not be long term for sure right right so like okay. it said that you know memories never fade so wish that you keep <laughs> the same bond alive with your batchmates and friends and we also hope that our batch and our seniors get to go on the campus soon so that we can relive those memories <laughs> that like you folks did back then so we really yeah. hope for that yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah it was a great session again yes absolutely thank you thank you chetan for coming and talking to us it was really nice to talk sure, to sure. you sure sure thanks you. a lot thanks for inviting me thank you thank, thank you, you.